Welcome to the podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message brings you hope and encouragement. If you want to share what God has done for you, you can email us at saw at rttnchurch.com. That's S-A-W at rttnchurch.com. SAW stands for Signs and Wonders, and what better way to display God's power than through your testimony? Let's get right into the message. Philip and his four prophetic daughters. If you were not here this past Sunday, this may not make much sense to you, but catch it. Uh, Go back on live stream and catch it so that you can make sure you're making the dots connect. For over 20 years, Philip and his four prophetic daughters live in Caesarea Maritima, the Gentile epicenter of all activity in the early church period. And, And something powerful happens in this Gentile city. It's actually where God, it's almost like heaven invaded Caesarea Maritima and just they experienced heaven on earth. This is where Peter would baptize the first Gentile convert. This is where Paul would go. This is where Philip and his four daughters lived. There is so much activity happening in what used to be a Gentile stronghold. It is now being invaded by the kingdom of God. I want you to understand that Jesus is not just in interested in invading Jerusalem. He is interested in his church spreading throughout the known world. And the kingdom of God is not intimidated or afraid of any culture. It's not intimidated or or afraid of any cultural uh, tendencies. It's not intimidated or, or, or discouraged by the darkness and the waywardness of their generation. No, it is almost as if God found hell's headquarters on planet earth and said that's exactly where I want to establish the outpouring of my spirit and take my kingdom to. So God just establishes this prophetic house of evangelism in Caesarea Maritima through this man named Philip and his four daughters and prophets from all over. I read to you last week how Agabus came all the way from Judea to Philip's house in Caesarea so that he could be a part of the I call it the prophetic swirl of what God was doing. What was happening in this Gentile stronghold that opened up uh, just uh, almost as if it were a portal of the kingdom and just an invasion of kingdom activity started taking place in this Gentile stronghold. I'll tell you what it was. It was a man who had a servant heart with four daughters who had a prophetic grace and there was this act Activity happening in that city that caused heaven to be unable to ignore it. And there was an invasion there of the kingdom of God in a Gentile stronghold. That's why I get so wore out. And you'll have to pardon me, but I get wore out with people who want to always find the most religious places to plant churches. Go plant churches, church planters, in Gentile strongholds where it doesn't look like any gospel work is being advanced. And don't you ever be afraid or intimidated by how dark the darkness is because living on the inside of you is the light. And the Bible said in John 1, that the light was the life of men. Hallelujah. And if you ever get the light in you, the light in you will be greater than the darkness in the world. We don't run around looking for prime places to have revival. Jesus sends us into the highways, the byways. He'll send you to the uttermost parts of the earth because he trusts the God in you more than he has confidence in the darkness in them. 
And the Bible says that Philip and his four daughters for over 20 years, over 20 years they live in the same city. And while it's not mentioned in the Gospels at all, throughout the book of Acts over and over again, this city becomes a prominent place of kingdom activity. Now, I said all that to say that house was significant. And there's something about the house that I think we need to take away from it today. And the first thing is it was a prophetic house. Next week, we will talk about evangelism. We will talk about what it means to be an evangelistic house. But today, I want to talk about what it means to be a prophetic house. Say prophetic. prophetic. Now, in order to understand what it means to be prophetic, we first got to deal with the nomenclature and even the... Uh, the connotations that come along with the word prophetic. There are some people who don't, do not even embrace the prophetic movement. And the reason they don't embrace the prophetic movement is because they have seen so much foolishness in the prophetic movement. But I want to remind you that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, Paul warns the church at Thessalonica. He listen to what he says. He says, do not quench the spirit, despise not prophesying. They, they were mentioned in the same verse, almost in the same breath. Paul says, do not quench the spirit, do not, do, do not despise prophesying. Why is that significant? Because the church of Thessalonica, many believe, had become exposed to false prophets who were releasing false prophetic words and prophetic activity had gotten so weird and out of control that the church at Thessalonica was borderline on the, on the borderline of quenching the spirit by despising the prophetic activity of God. And one of the great things that you and I have got to learn how to do is survive the cynicism that exists because of false prophetic activity in the church. <sighs> That's a loaded statement right there. Cynicism sets in the hearts of believers whenever we hear and we see people operate in the quote-unquote prophetic and it doesn't come to pass like they say. And we go to bed at night and if we're careful, we'll get cynical and skeptical in our hearts of the real thing simply because somebody who was in the flesh made you think that everybody who says they're prophetic misses it all the time. I want to tell you right now, there are people in the church who miss it, but there are people in the church who walk with God who don't and they hear the voice of God speaking and we've got to be very careful in this hour that we don't become cynical ourselves because when you become cynical and skeptical you, you exempt yourself from the possibility of stepping into the flow of the prophetic and many people in the church have been burnt burnt by the prophetic and they want nothing to do with it what they'll say is something like this. I don't want anything to do with prophetic. All I want is the truth. The, all I want is the truth. I just want the Bible. I understand what you're saying. And the Bible is 100% accurate. Amen. And it is 100% truth. But I want you to also understand that the Spirit of God speaks in fresh ways in our day in ways that are in keeping with this scripture. And you and I have to understand that the Spirit of God, although he wrote this book, he's still speaking to you and I today. And there's a re I really felt impressed this week. One of the things I had to say to this house and to some people who are watching is make sure you don't get cynical. And make sure you don't do what the church at Thessalonica did and despise prophesying. 
Don't just, when someone starts prophesying, don't just turn it off automatically because other people you've seen prophesy missed it. Okay? So keep your heart. Look at your neighbor tell them, keep your heart open. Now, I'm going to tell you a, a surefire way. I, I got a couple of common misconceptions about prophecy that I want to talk about. But I want to answer the question this morning, what does it mean to be prophetic? What is a prophetic culture? What is a prophetic atmosphere? Well, here's this. this I tried to simplify it and boil it down because there were so many things I wanted to say. But it has something to do with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit revealing and the people of God being willing to declare it. Amen. Now, that's a loaded statement. But it starts with the Holy Spirit. Prophetic atmospheres and cultures do not begin with fleshly impetuses. If you're going to be prophetic, you got to walk in the spirit and not walk in emotion. Because sometimes people get very excited in a moment and they want to prophesy when they feel spiritual. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you really want to walk in the prophetic, you got to have a constant, habitual, continual walk with God. Romans said it's called walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. It literally means that your steps are being guided and led by the Lord and any normal moment can become supernatural because you recognize you don't have to get back to church on Sunday to find the Holy Spirit. He might just find you at the Piggly Wiggly by the hog jaw and the chickpeas. God might speak to you in a moment you're not expecting it and what looks like a normal moment becomes a prophetic swirl you get sucked up into. And there are too many people who think the preachers are the only ones who are prophetic. Remember that story over in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, the 11th chapter, where God's praying and God says to Moses, I'm going to put my spirit on 70 elders and they're going to prophesy. Remember this? And the, the, the Bible said it and it happened just like the Bible said. The spirit of the Lord fell on 70 elders and they all began to prophesy. But there were two who were outside the camp who didn't get the memo. And when all the other elders stopped prophesying, those two kept on prophesying. Joshua runs to Moses and says, Moses, Moses, you won't believe this, but there are two elders on the outside of the camp who are prophesying. Do you want me to shut them up? And Moses said, God forbid. I would, don't miss it, I would that all of God's children would Prophesy. <sighs> Let it sink in because I knew this morning when I would teach this, there are people who never understood their prophetic responsibility or prophetic role in advancing the kingdom. God is not looking just for prophets. He's looking for children of God who will prophesy. Let me just say this to you. Um, there are a couple of common misconceptions about prophecy and prophesying and being prophetic. And one of the great common misconceptions is that only prophets can prophesy. That is not true. The Spirit of the Lord can fall on anyone He wills. And God can use anybody He wants. And the only thing that he ever asked from you is for you to have an ear to hear the word of the Lord and a mouth that would be courageous enough to speak it. Now, when we say prophetic, 
Three things. If you're taking notes, write this down. First of all, prophecy is both foretelling and forthtelling. So, so take notes and write that down. Prophecy is both foretelling and forthtelling. There's a difference between forthtelling and foretelling. Forthtelling is the preaching of the gospel. And how many know, how many preachers in here know there's a difference between just talking and prophesying? Prophesying and preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost is spirit-inspired speech. How, How many have ever been in an atmosphere in this house when me or someone else preaching, you could tell that person's head was on fire and there was a direct anointing on their life to preach the word of the Lord in that moment. That's pr- you say, Pastor, all they did was tell the story of the nativity. Yeah, but it was inspired and the Holy Ghost breathed on it and it become prophecy. Okay, that's foretelling. Part of my job as a shepherd and a pastor is to tell you what you already know so that you can reinforce what you're supposed to believe. Okay, Well, I need something new every Sunday. No, you don't. Sometimes you need to be reinforcing what you've already known. Now, that's also why Sundays like this are necessary to take us out of the shallow end and go deeper into things of God than some of us have ever gone before. And now we're having conversations about being a prophetic culture. And some of you are like, I didn't even know there was a such thing as a prophetic culture. Okay? So this is deeper Some Sundays I come back and I preach on things you've heard me preach on 20 or 30 times. But then there are other Sundays that we must move on. As a teacher, I have to forth tell. I have to tell you things that are already established that you already know. But then there are some times when we foretell. That means you tell something is going to happen before it actually does. This is prophetic. How can you tell somebody something's going to happen before it happens? Because you are being talked to by God who knows what's going to happen before it happens. And the Bible said in the book of Amos, he does nothing without first telling his holy prophets. So sometimes God will let somebody who's standing in now catch a word about the future. Are are you following me right here? Write this down. God is working from his omniscience. Okay? Whenever God speaks to you, he is speaking to you and me from a place of omniscience. A prophetic culture is a place that allows God to speak from his omniscience. We say things like, speak, Lord. Say something to us about our future. Well, that sounds crazy to the natural ear. How could... How could somebody tell us about our future? Because the God we're talking to is already standing in the future, waiting on us to get there, and in his kindness, he's inviting us into a prophetic moment to know something by the Holy Spirit that we could not know any other way. This is why the woman with the issue, the, the woman at the well in John chapter 4, her life gets so jacked up because Jesus starts visiting her past and tells her what she's done in her past. And then he starts talking to her about her future. This is where a prophetic culture comes into play 
we start understanding it's not about just standing up here with a microphone preaching to the masses, but prophetic people are people who would go to a well and minister to one person, understanding that if you are faithful to deliver the word of the Lord to that one lady at the well, she will go back home and tell everybody in the city what Jesus has done for her. This is prophetic evangelism. But in order for it to work, you've got to be open to God speaking to your heart. And you've got to be willing to declare what he says. Some of you are going to have this happen to you this week. It's going to freak you out. I really believe with all my heart, there are some people in here that are going to be at a grocery store or you're going to be at your workplace this week and you're going to have a thought come to you that you think is the craziest thing you ever heard in your life. And God's going to give you the ability to see into somebody's heart. And you're even, you say, Pastor, that's not crazy. That is mind reading. No, it's not. The Bible says when Jesus was sitting in the house of Simon, he knew their thoughts. The Holy Ghost is able to talk to your spirit about somebody else's life. The problem is most church people are not interested in wanting to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. We're more interested in getting back to church to Sunday on Sunday so somebody can preach to us. But God is trying to deputize a company of prophetic people who are not interested just only in being fed, but, but being a vessel through which the Holy Spirit can speak and bring hope to otherwise hopeless lives. What does it mean to be prophetic? Number one, it means that you're forth-telling. We're preaching and proclaiming the gospel. And then we, for, we, we do believe God can foretell. Amen. Okay? So the Bible says, write these three things down, explanatory, proclamatory, and revelatory. I know that's heavy stuff, but that's what prophecy is. It is explanatory at times. It is proclamatory at times. And it is revelatory at times. Okay? Explanatory means that there are times when I teach from the Word of God or someone else teaches in this room. They are prophesying by teaching and explaining the Word. How in the world can we ever advance the kingdom if we don't understand the teachings of it? This is why I do not understand people who do not read the Bible. How can you know God is talking to you if you don't know how He speaks? Have you, have you ever thought, oh my Lord, was that the voice of God? I'm telling you right now, if you ever get the book in you, you will know when it is the voice of God. If you ever get a, a prayer life, you'll spend time with him and he'll catch you up and you'll be having conversation with him and the next time he speaks to you at the Walmart, it won't freak you out and you won't miss it. You're, you'll have your frequency tuned into his and you'll be able to help somebody by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Look at somebody say, don't be stuck. Too many Christians are stuck. But there is a prophetic flow. Jesus Christ, help me preach today. There is a prophetic flow that is happening in the earth today. There is a river flowing for spirit-minded people who want to do more than warm a pew on Sunday. You actually want to help advance the kingdom by being an open vessel to the voice of God. Explanatory is teaching. Proclamatory is preaching. Right? There are times when we just stand up and holler. 
You say, Pastor, that is so unspiritual. You know, the Bible tells us many times Jesus cried out. Do you know the word cried out in the Greek means exactly what it means in the English? It means Jesus lifted his voice. In southern vernacular, he hollered. The prophet Isaiah said, cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Well, pastor, why do you always got to holler? Because there are people who need to hear it. And sometimes I tell myself between my office and this pulpit, today I'm going to chill out and I'm just going to be cool. But something on the inside of me gets to boiling to a pot, a point of overflow, and I cannot contain it anymore. I know what Jeremiah felt like when he said, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to sit down and I'm not going to say another word. But every time I tried to be quiet, his word in my bones was like fire. My God, church, when you get the word down in you, you can't just put a religious lid on it and silence it. You got to let it come out sometimes. And every now and then it's in order for the people of God to hear the proclamation of the word and to rejoice and to respond and to say amen. Hallelujah. So be it. Glory to God. I feel him in here right now. Proclamatory. Preach. Whoever bought something from a salesman who didn't know how to get somebody engaged. I'm telling you what we have to offer is there's not a price tag on it. It's already been paid for. My God, we ought to be telling everybody about it. If they're un- Listen, everybody else on the planet is being loud. Why can't the church speak up? Slap your neighbor and tell them, turn up the volume a little bit. My God, we've been quiet too long. We've, we've silenced ourselves and hid in a closet. Everybody else has marched. Everybody else has their day at Disney World. And we sit in the church and act like there's nothing to talk about. I've got a word in here today. I came to tell you about a man who nailed your sins to a cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he's still alive. Hey, that's something to talk about. Slap your neighbor, tell him, turn up the volume. Glory. I'm trying. Woo. Hallelujah. Proclaim it. Explain it. Explanatory and revelatory. Uh, Proclamatory. And then it's revelatory. This is the part of prophesying where the Spirit of God reveals things to your heart about situations in you or in others' lives. And it doesn't have the intended effect unless you speak what he told you. Spirit-inspired speech. We need to be a people who walk in the Spirit so that we can hear what he's saying. When you get more people walking in the spirit in a building than walking in the flesh, it's dangerous. For the devil, the devil gets in trouble when people stop being religious and start being prophetic. Some people say prophetic and they... I'm telling you right now, it is more normal to be prophetic 
than it is abnormal. If I were the enemy, I would try to squelch out the prophetic activity of the Spirit as well. Because imagine somebody being hopeless, depressed, disconnected, defeated, feeling like there's no tomorrow, and then one person on an assignment from the Holy Spirit walking right up to that person and saying, you know, the Lord, I know this sounds crazy, but God showed me something. You've had a really bad day, and it started, you know, I say these things, and people just start like, wow, can that happen? You, you could actually share one word of knowledge with one person and change the future forever. I know because it happened to me. The times I have, people all the time, have you ever felt like giving up, Brother Wallace? Are you, what day are you? How many times? I've never given up, but there have been days I thought, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Only to have somebody come through and say, you know, and sometimes it ain't even a suit-wearing preacher. I don't even know if these people were saved. I'll never forget the time I felt like, you know what, I'm not very effective. And I was sitting on a bench at Coolidge Park. I'm sitting on a bench at Coolidge Park and a drunk sits down. This is the truth. I'm in my heart contemplating, should I go do something else? I mean, should I, I, am I effective at all? This is 10 years ago. I'm sitting on a bench at Coolidge Park. A drunk man walks up and starts cussing. I thought about joining him. (laughs) (sighs) Religious people get nervous now. I mean, it was a bad day. It was a bad day. I was just having a horrible day. And, and I'm sitting there, and he's just cussing. And he looks at me, and he goes, Are you, you're a preacher. I saw you on a billboard. We used to have a billboard in Udawah. He said, you're a preacher. He said, you know what? I want to tell you something. You changed my life. I thought, if this is change. I want to know how jacked up you used to be. He said, I had a daughter that hated church, and she wanted nothing to do with church, and she didn't want to come to church, and she came to your church, and you loved my daughter, and she gave her heart to Jesus. Now, he hadn't gotten saved yet. He didn't know his name was. But on a day where I needed somebody, y'all missing what I'm saying right here, the Holy Spirit knows how to direct people. And some of us, what are you saying? Are you saying God uses drunks? I'm saying God will use anybody. If he can use a donkey and a drunk man, why don't you just get over your religion and let him use you? Glory to God. revival at Coolidge Park. I didn't need an organ or anybody to say amen. I'm telling you on that day God reminded me that on my worst day I still belong to him and if I just keep my heart in his presence he'll take care of everything else. Prophetic. Most of the time we think God is only speaking prophetically to prophets but he's speaking to people who walk in the spirit. 
Now, when the, we talked about explanatory and proclamatory, but revelatory is different because revelatory is God speaking to you by the Spirit about a situation that needs his attention. He's inviting you to be a part of blessing someone else. Now you say, Pastor, I'm a prophet and I'm a, I judge people. No, you're not a prophet. You're in error. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14. But he who prophesies, verse 3, speaks three things. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Well, you know, I use my prophetic gift to read people's mail and I see all their sin. Well, there's a problem. Most of the time, your little prophetic gift causes you to see everyone else's flaw. But magically, you never see your own. I didn't get no help. In fact, I offended three or four prophets in the house. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you're operating in a true prophetic flow, you understand that the grace to be prophetic is about building up, encouraging, and comforting the body. If you're always tearing people down with your quote-unquote prophecy, it reveals there's something in your heart and character that needs to be crucified at an altar. Now, are there times that we have to point and are there times that we have to redirect? Absolutely. But for a person who wants to walk in the prophetic, please relieve yourself now from the burden of having to walk around and judge everybody. If Jesus said in John 3, 17, I did not come into this world but to condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. If he didn't come to judge and condemn the world, I know you didn't. Well, she got a spirit. Don't you see Satan all over her? I see the devil in her eyes. You're just a little bit crazy. <laughs> Calm down. Prophetic means God reveals something, but when you begin to have a revelatory thing happen in your life, it is not about distancing people from God. It is about connecting people closer to the heart of God. True prophetic, prophetic activity will draw people into the love of God. It is not the badness of God that draws people to repentance. It is the goodness of God that draws And religious people hate that verse. It is the, you know what, can't you see it now? A sinner, just a hell-bound sinner. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't just have sinners. We had a whole class of sinners that weren't just going to hell. They were going to bust hell wide open. Anybody know? I used to be one of them people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You weren't just going to hell. The preacher told you you was going to bust hell wide open. 
And we always thought it's the judgment of God going to beat them into submission. God's going to beat them into submission. He's going to make them get saved. He's going to make life miserable, hell on earth. They're going to go through judgment, and then they're finally going to wake up one day and get saved. And the Bible said it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. When the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, we always preach that growing up. It's going to rain. Rain was always bad. Oh, God. It's going to rain on the sinner and the saint, which means the sinner's going to get what he deserves. He's going to get judgment. Rain's going to come on the sinner, and even the righteous are going to get rained on. You're going to have to deal with some judgment yourself as the righteous. That is not what the Bible's talking about. He's talking to a whole bunch of people who are waiting on the rain. And what he's saying is not that good and bad are going to be judged. What he's saying is good and bad are going to get the rain. Y'all missed that thing. You missed that thing. God says, I'm going to let it rain on good people, and I'm going to let it rain on people that don't even deserve it. I'm going to bless some people, and they're going to wake up one morning and recognize all that stuff that happened was not coincidence. It was not their mom and dad. It was not their pedigree. It was a God that they said they didn't believe in who kept watching over them, opening doors for them, and one day the goodness of God is going to make that blind man wake up and he's going to turn his heart over to God that's what I believe he's a good God slap your neighbor tell him he's a good God my God I don't need nobody to beg me to praise him he's a good God he wasn't just good to me when I got good he was good to me when I was a hell bound no good for nothing sorry sinner and if he was good to me then I think I'll dance a little bit on Sunday I think I'll praise him a little bit every now and then cause he's good revelatory I have it written here we need to get caught up in the prophetic flow of God's spirit do you seriously think the Holy Spirit only works on Sunday Y'all, we have got to break out of a Sunday morning mentality. This house has to. For the sake of this city and the surrounding region, we have got to break out of a Sunday morning mentality where the only time we expect God to move is on Sunday morning between 9 and 9, 11.30. What is that? It's religion. It teaches us that we have to come to get blessed when in reality you ought to get so full that when you leave, you, you can't help but be a blessing to somebody else. I want you to open your heart to the prophetic flow of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is moving. It's not a pond or a reservoir or a puddle. It's a mighty river. Some of you have just gotten more spiritual by coming to church and getting connected to people who are a little further out in the deep end than you are. And you see that the people you thought were weird are really just walking with God. I see old Clark back there. 
Clark was raised in a different denomination than I was. Michelle brought him to church one time. He thought we were the craziest bunch of people he ever met in his life. Then I brought him over to the house to watch a football game with me. And he found out not only is pastor prophetic, he loves the Vols. Prophetic people are not crazy. They look crazy to people who've never experienced walking in the Spirit before. But when you get caught up in the river and the flow of the Holy Ghost, you find out that normal is not sitting on a pew on Sunday working your 9 to 5 job Monday through Friday and going through that your whole life and calling that a walk with God. You find out that the Holy Ghost is taking you on an adventure. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Welcome to the adventure. Paul says, I'm closing in a few minutes. Paul says, I want everybody to speak in tongues. But I would that everybody would especially covet the gift of prophesying. If prophesying is so bad and it's so weird and off limits... Why does Paul say, I want you to have that gift more than any other? Because he understands the power of the prophetic interruptions of God. How many parents are in here? You should walk according to the prophetic flow of the Holy Spirit raising your children. <laughs> Jesus, help us My wife, it freaks me out. Jeremiah and Isaiah will come home. How many new followers did you get on Instagram today? I'm like, where is she going with this one? And we find out there's some weirdo that jumped in their Instagram following that has some weird issues. And Devin's is driving down the road and gets this little download. Check the Instagram followers. I'm trying. You say, Pastor, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's how the Holy Spirit operates. Most of the time he's talking, we're just not tuned in to listen. As in Jeremiah, now they walk sanctified Instagram lives. <laughs> Say, Pastor Walsh, you should let them have liberty. You let yours have liberty. We're going to teach ours how to have. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm not going down that road. This is not a parent camp. Y'all had that yesterday. But I'm telling you right now, you better listen to the Holy Ghost when it comes to raising your babies. We need the Holy Spirit. People say, do I need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Baby, I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. I need the Holy Ghost to go to the gas station. I need the Holy Ghost to get out of my bed in the morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, is it like it's optional? Do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? I don't know if I want all that. I just want to get to heaven. The problem is, God, I feel like hollering right here. The problem is you've seen religion and you think a little dab will do you. But when you find the real, authentic, genuine thing, this flow of the Holy Ghost doesn't freak you out. It pulls you in and you become a mighty instrument in the kingdom that advances the kingdom of God. The devil's worst nightmare is a prophetic company. Then there's this story. I was reading this. I told Chris, I said, write this down for me. There's this story over in 1 Samuel 19. It's sort of hidden and tucked away. But when you get into a prophetic culture, it changes things. It changes people. 
well, I just want to go and receive the word. No, you want to go and get in the the river of God. That's what you want. When you go to church, jump in the deep end. Don't just sit in church and just see how, how little of God can I get and still be a Christian. You ought to say, how much of God can I get and still keep my feet on this planet? There's a story over in 1 Samuel chapter 19 about a man named David who's running from a man named Saul. The Bible said that David goes down to, to Ramah and he stays with a man named Samuel. Samuel is the man that implemented what we call the school of the prophets, which is the model that Redemption School of Ministry follows. It's this model of creating an atmosphere where the presence of God is primary and people just spend time in the presence of God learning and preparing for the future that he has for them. David is in Rama. By the way, that is a plug, a shameless plug for Redemption School of Ministry. David is in Rama and he's with the prophets and the prophets are prophesying. This is in 1 Samuel 19 and you can go read it when you get home. David is down there with Samuel and the prophets and they're all prophesying and there's a prophetic swirl and angels are ascending and descending sending and Saul wants to kill David and the Bible said that Saul sent messengers down to Ramah to capture David and bring him back to be killed. So so Saul sends some really big men, some real strong uh, I'm looking for them. I don't know where they are. Any real strong strapping guys in here? Yeah, Keith, come here. You look like a strong strapping guy. Come on. And Come on, Elder, you come help me, Nathan. And so these real, come on, put this, you know, this. Come on, Bill, you look like a strong, strapping guy this morning, too. This is the, the baddest I got in the church. Come on. Actually, come here. Come, come, you guys come help me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Yeah, come on. Ball-headed and all. I mean, you look like you just stuffed out, stepped out of a bar and whooped somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. So he sends these huge guys down to Rama to get David. And Rama is right over there halfway. When you cross, when you cross the, the, the pulpit, that's stepping into Rama. You can read all this in your Bible on your way home or at lunch tomorrow. Come on, we're going down to get David. So all these oh, strong guys, I'm going to kill David. Wait till I get my hands on him. Glory to God, I'm going to tear. And they step over into the glory. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Praise God forever. His mercy endures forever. Your Bible said that these men sent to kill David started prophesying when they crossed over into the glory. Stay here. Keep keep lifting your hands and prophesying. Saul hears that they were prophesying, so he gets mad and sends another troop down to Ramah to kill to get, to get David and to so they come, I'm going to kill him. Wait till I get my hands on him. I'm going to tear him limb from limb. And they cross over into the glory. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me. Bless his holy name. They begin prophesying. Saul hears it again. Saul says, I've got to send the, the best and the baddest. So he gets the strong guys. Come on, brothers. Come on, brothers. All of you. Come on, let's go. Come on, get you up over the seat and come on, I need you. You look like you're ready to fight. They come down and it's the, it's, I mean, they just look bad. Wait till I get my hands on David. I'm going to tear him limb from limb. Oh, but they cross over into the glory. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Keep praising him. Keep praising him. Keep praising him. Keep praising him. And the Bible says that Saul went down there himself. 
of the devil went down to take care of business. He was going to take care of all of them. But he crossed over into the glory and started giving God the glory. Hey! What are you talking about, Bishop? I'm trying to tell you they're going to come in here and they're not even going to believe what we preach. But when they cross in this glory, they're going to begin to bless the Lord. Somebody do it right now. Open up your mouth and do it right now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy. It's a prophetic river. Woo! This river's current. Stay with me, I'm through. Stand with me, I'm through preaching. This river's current is pulling religious people out of religion into a river and the Holy Ghost is going to begin to talk to you I feel the Holy Ghost on these brothers this morning glory I'm telling you right now some of you got to snap out of religion it is a rut and some of us are stuck but the Holy Ghost is coming to break us free today Stay right here. They begin to prophesy. There's this prophetic swirl. You just get caught up into it. You stop living down here on this level. You start living up here on this kingdom dimension. And my prayer is, this place gets so prophetic more people listening to the Holy Spirit than their flesh in this house. More people listening to the Holy Spirit than their flesh. You know what the flesh is? It's the dead weight in your life and mine that we have to work so hard to pull. It's getting a whole lot easier than it was 14 years ago. 14 years ago we come in, come on, clap your hands. No, 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 I'm sorry. I love you. You guys are amazing. But 14 years ago, we come in. Come on, clap your hands and people just look at you. Okay, I'll clap them by myself. And I did clap them by myself for years. God started bringing people that clapped with me. And then I said, come on, let's lift up a shout. And at first it was, oh, praise the Lord. But it just kept shouting. Preachers. You want to worship in church? Be a worshiping preacher. Well, I can't get nobody to worship the Lord in my church. Praise God until God shows up and they have no thing to do except praise Him or walk out and get in their car and go home. Listen, God is catching people up into the Spirit. He's revealing things. Your mind is being freed from religious contamination this morning. Some of you sweet mamas in this place, you think your lot in life, your only responsibility is to raise your kids. And you're going to do that, and they're going to be powerful. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's some mamas in here getting ready to be prophetic mamas. You are going to be the devil's worst nightmare on your coupon shopping trip. Pulling out coupons and the word of the Lord. 
You know what I like in Ezekiel 37, verse 15, I believe? It said, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. That's prophetic. Amen. You, ever want the, you, you ever just been counting your coupons and the word of the Lord came to Sarah? The word of the Lord came to Jenny. The word, what are you going to do when it comes? I hear the Holy Ghost telling me right now they need boldness. I heard him say it to me just then. Oh, my sigh. Lift your hands right now and receive the Holy Ghost. Boldness is coming on this body today. You're going to walk with God. You're going to spend time with God. And you're going to know God. And God's Spirit is going to begin to work in your heart, church, in ways beyond the parameters of this property. And you're going to begin to advance the kingdom on daily assignments that he trusts you with. You may wake up tomorrow to go to work, but there's a very different assignment on your life than just your job. Lift your hands and receive boldness now. I break off your fear, the fear of man, the fear of intimidation, the fear and the bondage of what if I miss it? What if I miss it? Listen, start just spending time with God this week in a very fresh, in a very deep way, just in his word and talking to him. You don't have to say thou and thus and oh God, hallelujah. No, just begin to pray and talk to God and you're going to begin to know the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to lead you and revelation gifts are coming to you. Revelation gifts are coming to you. You may never be a prophet, but you're going to begin to be prophetic. I declare that over you. This is not even something that is unusual. This is normal. It's what God prescribed for the kingdom. Paul said, I would that everybody prophesy. Moses said, I would that everybody prophesy. Pro being prophetic is not weird. Being prophetic is an assignment, and it's yours. You are spirit people. You're not church people. You are spirit people. You are full of the Holy Ghost. And because you are full of the Holy Ghost and belong to God, the Holy Spirit who, who lives inside of you and owns you, you are His, is going to begin to work through you for maximum glory of Jesus. Hallelujah. So watch. There are essentially four types of speaking graces. There is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, message in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Actually, five. It's important that you understand all of those are birthed and given by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. If you don't understand that, you miss the fact that the Holy Spirit could be breaking in on you to give you, watch, not a sermon, but a word. Well, I'm not a preacher. Preachers get sermons. Saints will get a word. So it may look like this, Tim. You're a truck driver, right? And you unload things, and that's why you're buff, and you know, you're real strong, and you play amazing guitar. Don't you thank God for Tim and the grace on his life? He's amazing. I'm just going to show you practically what this looks like because I really believe it's going to happen in your life. I believe you're going to be driving down the road and your truck are out, and God's just going to start downloading you something about the day. And you may not have all the details. Like me, you may see someone in a particular colored shirt as you pray, and God may say, that person needs that today. You may get an assignment like I got when the girl with blue hair on an airplane married to a woman. Oh, gee, it's a true story. 
And God just sent me to sit by her that day. Before we got off the plane at 36,000 feet, she gave her heart to Jesus. Because, watch, while she was sitting on my left, I'm sitting by the window. She's sitting on my left telling me her life story about her girlfriend she's married to and how she just cheated on her with another man and the baby that was involved. It was a nightmare story. She's sitting on my left telling me her story. The Holy Ghost is sitting on my right telling me what to say. And before we get finished, she's crying. True story. She's crying. Chris was with me. He was sitting right behind me when it happened. She's crying. I'm crying. She's giving her heart to Jesus. Changes everything. It's 36,000 feet. Hear me. Stop being stuck in Sunday morning church religion. You are a child of the King of glory. And his Holy Spirit lives in you. And you are called, anointed, and deputized to walk in a prophetic flow. Boldness. Thank you, Lord. God, give our church boldness. I pray it would not be a courage or boldness that comes from the flesh, but a boldness that comes from knowing we've walked with you. been in your presence and you have downloaded kindly and graciously your word not just over our lives but over others lives so watch this it may look like this Tim a word of knowledge comes to you to be prophetic when God gives you that word you go and release that word when God brings you the person he was talking about and many times there are times God will show me something about a person before I meet the person but when I meet them God will say that's the person and then you just have to trust God, right? You have to trust God. I'll never forget the story of a person being in prayer. God kept showing them a person in a pink shirt that needed, I believe it was healing in their life, and they had a real wound in their heart. And they go into this store, and God said, there's the person. And the person starts, this child of God started arguing with God. That shirt is not pink, it's blue. And then the woman took her jacket off, and underneath her blue jacket was a pink shirt. <laughs> God knows what he's talking about. Amen. How many know trusting God is really incredible? Yeah. Some of you don't feel comfortable enough with this yet. And here's the reason why you don't trust it. You don't trust yourself because you haven't taken the invitation to come closer to the heart of God. Amen. Today, you know what? That's over. That's over for some people in this room. The whole thing of I don't pray enough and I don't read my Bible enough and I'm not qualified enough. Listen, none of this is about earning it. It's about relationship. Gifts don't work off of earning. Gifts work off of love. If you love God with all your heart and love people, God's going to use you. A prophetic culture is one where it's not just the church waiting on the preacher to do the ministry. It's the company of prophetic people. I feel that every time I say it. We are a company of prophetic people who are getting caught up in a swirl of heaven and in a flow of the Spirit that is going to bring life to everyone it touches. Bow your heads with me. If you're in this room today and you would say, Pastor Kevin, I need Christ Jesus to come into my heart and save me. Would you pray for me today, Pastor, that the Lord would save me? I've been living in sin. I'm, I'm, I'm not right with God, and I need to get my heart right. Brothers, you can go to your seats. Thank you so much for helping me. You, you may say, Pastor Kevin, I'm so... I'm so messed up in my life, and I don't know if God could ever use me. 
I don't know if he'll ever save me or love me. I'm so messed up. I want to tell you today that no matter what you've done and no matter how you've lived and no matter how screwed up you feel like you are, if you are in this room and you want Jesus to save you and forgive you, he will. The only thing you have to do is respond to him and say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If I'm talking to you and you need to jump in this river of life and you need to give Jesus your heart and you want to make sure that you know he is the Lord of your life, when I say three, would you lift your hand and say, Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I want to get saved today. One, two, three, right now. Anyone at all? I need to give my heart to Jesus. Anyone at all? Amen. 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 Anyone who would say, you know what, Pastor? I needed the boldness that the Holy Spirit spoke to you about a moment ago. I need the boldness of God in my life. I want to walk with God in a way that pleases and honors Him but advances His kingdom by making a difference in the lives of others. I want this fear off of me and I want to walk in the boldness of the Holy Spirit. If that is you, would you please lift your hand right now? I think there's a lot of us in that place. Lift both of your hands up. I want to be bold. I want to be bold. I want to lift both hands up. Jesus, Jesus. Every hand that's lifted, Holy Ghost, I pray you'll come on them right now. I pray you'll come on them right now. Lord, it's not even always a, a, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Or Sometimes, God, it's, it's just, it's just a, a, a compassion, a comfort, an exhortation. It's a, it's a speaking a word. You know what? God's got good things in store for you. Sometimes it's just pushing back the darkness. It's that invitation into the river of God to make a difference in someone's life by being obedient to what God's telling you to tell somebody. Come on, lift your hands if that's you. Lord, boldness on this house. Boldness, a prophetic house, a prophetic culture. Being able, oh God, to have your heart in, in situations that would make a difference in other people's lives. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. When a man speaks in tongues or a woman speaks in tongues, they're not speaking to people. They're speaking to God. And the Bible is clear that when you pray in the Spirit, praying tongues, praying unknown languages, you are building up yourself. Jude says it, and so does 1 Corinthians. When you pray in the Spirit, when you talk in the Spirit, when you speak in tongues to God, you are building up yourself in your faith. But when you speak intelligibly, when you speak in understanding, you're not necessarily building yourself up. You're using your words to build others up, which tells me two things. Number one, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost so that you get yourself encouraged. Amen? You, need, you and I need to pray in the Spirit so that we walk strong in God. Some of us don't have any strength in the Spirit because we don't pray in the Spirit enough. But Jude says, build yourself up in your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Spirit builds you and I up. If you receive that, say amen. amen. But praying in English and speaking rather in English is not about building us up. In the way that praying in the Spirit builds us up, Speaking in English or in an intelligible language builds you up, Amen. Mary. Now you speak English. Do you speak another language? What's it? What? What? What, what language? Swahili. I don't know Swahili. You know Swahili. Now I want you to speak something and bless me in Swahili. Give me a microphone, please. Thank you. Bwana Yesu akubariki. 
Now, I have no clue what you just said. I am not able to receive that, right? But tell me what you said in the language I can hear it in. God bless you. I received that. My point is this. When someone is speaking in tongues, they're not talking to you, so you're not supposed to understand them. They're talking to God, and God is pouring back into them. If you want to bless somebody, you can't bless somebody just by speaking in an unknown tongue over them. you got to speak over them in a known tongue, which is why when we come into a corporate worship setting like this, when somebody stops the whole service to speak in tongues, Paul says we have to interpret it. Otherwise, the entire body is left without being blessed. Why? Because they don't know what just was said. So when you're sitting in a room like this and someone begins to speak in tongues out loud and I stop everything and I let them speak in tongues because in my heart as your pastor, I feel like God is giving us a word in tongues. What we are to do when the tongues get through are to pray for what? The interpretation. Why? Because the body is supposed to be edified and cannot be unless they understand what is being said. I said all that to say this. One of the great misconceptions, number two, is that someone has to speak in tongues and interpret for there to be prophecy. Prophecy does not always have to be preceded by message in tongues. You can speak prophetically over someone without someone ever giving a message in tongues. I say that because there are people sitting in our church today who always think, oh, in order to be prophetic, i got to get a tongue and an interpretation. That's just one function of the prophetic gift. But words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and prophecy, all three, none of them have to have a, prof- a, a message in tongues before it. Okay? You may be just driving down the road and get a message in English. And that's prophetic. Go speak it to who God tells you to speak it over. That's my point. How many received the word of the Lord today? How many are ready to jump in the river? Where are the bold people? I said, how many are ready to jump in the river? Say this with both hands up. Say, tomorrow I'm on divine assignment. Say, my steps will be ordered by God. Say, God, you can use me to advance your kingdom and to be a blessing in others' lives. I give you my mouth to speak through and my ear to speak to. In Jesus' name, let me walk in the prophetic flow of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him praise all over the house. I love you. Go out the side doors. I'm going to come over here and try to shake hands with everybody. Y'all be blessed. We'll see you this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. in the house of God. God bless you as you go today. Don't forget the spaghetti dinner in the gymnasium today. God bless you.